0: It's time for the Plan With Dan podcast, the show that will
1: help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now,
0: let's plan with Dan. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Plan With Dan podcast. I'm Mark Kaywood, alongside Dan Betzel. He is the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area with an office in Gahanna near the airport. You can find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Or you can reach out, give the office a call, 614-472-4510. That is the number, 614-472-4510. Dan, you've got about two decades of doing this. And so
1: as always, we're excited to get your wisdom on the podcast. How are you doing? Hey, thanks for the compliment. Just two decades, closer to like three. But yeah, I'll cut 10 years off my life right now and be younger. <laughs> that sounds great. No, no, I'm just teasing you. No, it's, uh, I'm doing great. And how are you doing? Oh, I'm
0: wonderful. Always a pleasure to be with you. We've got all sorts of stuff to dive into on the podcast. Let's dive right in and kick it great. off with a bit of news. Excellent. Extra, extra, read all about it Well, Dan, we always like to pick apart the headlines See what's going on out there in the world around us Of course, there's never an end to the news cycle these days Dan, a lot of folks are afraid that the Fed is going to hike interest rates They're afraid of an interest rate increase What do you say to that?
1: You know, I've been getting lots of calls in the last couple of weeks because that's been a really big hot topic in the news. And, you know, I love getting those calls because there's a really a wonderful, very, very short three and a half minute video. Or so put out by Dimensional Fund Advisors, they just completed a study about interest rates and its impact, you know, on the equity markets. And it shouldn't surprise anyone. It didn't surprise me. But I just I love seeing the data for it that interest rates, of course, are very unpredictable. And, you know, any potential. Potential action of the Fed, you know, people think it's going to have some sort of impact on equity returns. But the research shows there is almost a zero correlation, you know, between interest rates and equity returns. Now, does that shock you or not? That flies in the face of everything you're hearing on the radio.
0: Yeah, it really does. It's kind of the yeah, complete yeah. opposite, in fact.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I would love to get this video out in people's hands. If they're interested, you know, call the office, email me, go to my website, and, you know, put in that you'd like to receive this little three and a half minute video. And it does an amazing analysis from August of 1954 until December 2016. And it shows that there is no pattern, there's no positive relationship that exists between between equity returns and interest rates. It's absolutely fascinating. So, you know, what I can glean from that is that the only thing you can do in the face of rising interest rates is to have a long term financial plan, to be disciplined, you know, and over time, all this noise you hear about interest rates and the impact on the stock market, you know, they're very, very short term impacts and it has very, very little impact on your long term financial planning goals that's my answer to that question
0: good that's certainly an encouraging thing to hear of course we'll keep an eye on that news and give you developing news updates well maybe not quite like that on the podcast but of course yeah. i'm sure that the interest rate discussion will continue here in the next year or so it's certainly been in the conversation the last absolutely, couple of years. absolutely. all right dan let's now move on to the mailbag it's time for the mailbag we want to hear from you All right. We love taking your questions and hearing from you. So here is what I want you to do. If you listen to the podcast today and you think, oh, I've got a great question. I'd love to have it featured on the show. Maybe you're a little nervous. Don't worry. We can change your name if you'd like. No big deal there. But if you'd like to have a question featured on the show, we need you to go online to Dan's website. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com betzelwealthadvisors.com again love to feature questions and we'd love to feature yours so go online betzelwealthadvisors.com and you'll see a tab to submit questions and get in touch that way all right let's take a question from tracy tracy is in gehenna right there near you dan she says i make too much money to contribute to a roth or a traditional ira after i max out my 401k
1: where else am i supposed to save money for retirement Wow, that's a great question. And first of all, let me congratulate you, Tracy. I mean, that's a great problem to have, to make too much money that you aren't able to invest directly. I'm using that word purposely here into a Roth IRA, but I want to make sure that you're aware of something called the backdoor Roth IRA. And the backdoor Roth IRA allows anyone no matter their income limit to contribute to a backdoor Roth IRA so I would suggest that you consider this and I'll give you just the brief overview of how that works so you would make a contribution to a traditional non-deductible IRA because you make too much money but you can still put the money into a traditional IRA and then you wait a day or so keep it in cash and then you convert it into a Roth IRA, and since there are no limitations on who is able to convert from a traditional to a Roth, by following these steps, you're able to actually contribute to a Roth. So I would ask you to talk to your advisor and also your tax advisor, because there are some tax wrinkles to make sure that they don't impact you, you know, about this backdoor Roth IRA contribution. Secondly, you know, you can always invest in non qualified accounts. And if you really believe, like I do, that tax rates in the future are going to increase, it's actually kind of prudent, isn't it? To go ahead and pay the taxes on the money now and put it into a non qualified, a non retirement account. And then every year get your 1099 and, you know, and pay on that. And you're going to actually be paying probably in the, a lower income tax bracket if taxes were to increase in the future. So, I mean, those are the first two things that just pop into my mind that I think make sense for almost everybody. And, you know, talk to your advisor, or give our office a call. There might be some other things that you could consider. Not for everybody, but there are some people that it makes sense to use an insurance or even an, an annuity vehicle. I say that A little bit hesitantly because they're not for everybody but they may be for you so first of all congratulations good luck i would look into the backdoor roth ira and i would look into fully funding or even possibly overfunding my non-qualified accounts so that you can pay the taxes now and not in the future
0: Yes, thank you for writing in, Tracy. Again, we'd love to feature your question on the podcast, so please don't hesitate to submit it. You could have your question right here in a prominent spot on the Plan With Dan pod. All right, let's move on now to Mind Over Money. Let's take a look at some of the psychology behind investment behavior. It's time for Mind Over Money. All right, Dan, I know you're no psychologist, but this is one of my favorite segments each week. I love thinking about behavioral finance and just how we act and behave and how emotions affect our investing. This week, I want you to talk to us about mental accounting.
1: Ah, I love this topic. Yeah, so mental accounting, it's this tendency that we have as humans, all of us do, myself as well, to treat the same thing, of course, we're talking about money in particular, differently differently. depending on where it came from or what we intended to do with it. I'll give you a perfect example. So every year I meet with clients, I do their quarterly review, I do their annual review, and we talk about raises and bonuses and maybe gifting coming from their parents. And it's so interesting to me because if it's a bonus, for example, even if they knew how much it was going to be and they knew they were going to get it, They treat it differently than if it's money that they felt they had worked for. Now, in reality, they had worked for it all. So what they might do if they had actually, in their minds, worked for the money, they would be a little more cautious in how they spent it. They would want to invest it, pay down debt. But if it's a bonus, there's this tendency to say, hey, this is free money. Let's blow it on something. Or if it's a gift, oh, I wasn't expecting that $10,000 that my parents just gave us, so let's blow it or let's don't use it prudently. Or if I get a raise, well, you know, I wasn't counting on that anyway. It's a raise, so I don't have to invest any part of that. Now, there's nothing wrong with going on a great trip or buying something, you know, that's really important to you or taking your kids to Disney World. Those are all great things, and I totally support all of them. Just do it consciously and do it prudently. And I would suggest that, you know, don't undercut your financial progress or your financial long-term goals by treating certain inflows like bonuses or even tax refunds is another big one as spendable more in a different way than your regular paycheck. Does that make sense?
0: It definitely does. It makes a lot of sense, Dan, and thank you for sharing that. We're actually gonna go in an opposite direction (laughs) with our main segment. It's kind of funny, cause I talk all the time about the dangers of emotions and investing, and we talk about how you get in your own head as we just did. However, sometimes if you believe it or not, It's not all about that math and logic, and there are times when it is important to factor in how you feel about certain things. So let's kind of shift now, and let's cover some of the times where it's okay to let your emotions and feelings enter that financial equation. How about that?
1: Yeah, I guess I'd like to maybe even frame it a little differently. I often tell people, you know, they'll come to me with a question. Like, for example, you know, I owe $20,000 on my house. I have a low interest rate, you know, I can easily take the money from the bank and pay it off. But I don't know if it's smart or not, you know, and I always tell them, you know, there's two ways to approach this problem. What's the right answer, you know, for the certified financial planner exam? And then what's maybe more of a real life answer? And so what I'm trying to get at is financial planning certainly has some hard, fast science type, you know, rules that we have to bring to the table, but it also has an emotional side or an art side. So it's both a science and an art, kind of like architecture. You know, an architect has to know math has to know the laws, has to know the various building codes, you know, has to know all about, you know, physics and how a building's put together. But then there's that other side, you know, that to make it a space that people really want to inhabit. So, that's the art and the science side. So, I wouldn't use, you know, mind and emotions. I might use art and science as a different way to explain it. Does
0: that make sense? Yes, let's do. Let's actually dive in and kind of explore Excellent. that great mystery, Excellent. perhaps, the tension between those two, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, though, and when the way you're talking, it's almost not
1: even intention. It's more as if it's complimentary. So let's... I think it really is. And I go back to my example of the common question I get asked people as they near retirement, should I pay off my house? Now I can run an analysis for you and I can show you that it probably makes more sense you know, to keep your money invested as to pay off the house. But I'll tell you what, I've never met anyone in my experience, that's paid off their house and hasn't had a great sense of euphoria about it and a sense of confidence as they move into retirement. So, you know, maybe the math says, you know, long term, you know, it makes sense just to keep making the payments, getting the tax deduction, letting your money, you know, continue to grow in, in your investment account. But on the emotional side, the peace of mind side, the sleep at night side, the side that you've reached in a very, very important milestone or goal, you know, in your financial wealth plan to pay off that house, you can't underestimate how powerful that is.
0: Yes, it certainly is a powerful component, Dan. Let's go into another example here and talk about leaving a financial legacy. That's something that you kind of just have to decide. Is that important to you or is it not?
1: Yeah. And, you know, not everybody, but for a lot of people, it's very important that they take some time and they decide you know what they want to give to whom they want to give it how they want to give it and how much they want to give it so i tell every client that comes into me there's you know these five elements of holistic estate planning or legacy planning that you have the ability you've worked hard your whole life and you have the ability to shape the gift in the way that you want to give the gift and it's not just money a lot of people want to give, you know, like, an ethical will. They want to make sure that they've taken the time to write down for the children and grandchildren, you know, what's important as the family legacy in addition to the money that they want to pass down. Maybe it's their family's story, how they came to America, you know, how they built a business, things they've overcome. These are all very, very powerful, powerful processes that you can go through. And they're not only powerful for you the person who's actually creating the gift and giving the gift, but also for the people in your family that are going to receive it.
0: I love that, Dan. It's that idea that there's not just one way to leave a legacy and there's not one idea behind that, but it is important to sit down and think about whether that's something you'd like to do and what it'll look like for you in your situation. Now, let's think about the kind of details that go into investing, right? A lot of Mm nitty-gritty details. Are you someone who likes those or do you kind of prefer simplicity and the ability to devote as little thought as possible to your finances? That's a time where you need to kind of let those feelings enter into the equation
1: yeah so i think that's probably very important in picking your advisor and picking your investment strategy so you know if you're someone who's working with me then we're engaged in what i would call evidence-based long-term efficient frontier hypothesis investing and it can be very very complicated on one level very scientific but the idea is to make it as simple as possible you know for the client kind of like when you get on an airplane I believe that, you know, you have to have enough knowledge and faith to know how airplanes work, but you don't have to be able to fly it yourself to feel comfortable. And if you're interested in that, it's probably a question of what type of philosophy of investing that you have. And I would make sure that that's very clear when you meet with an advisor, you know, how this is going to be, how much information am I going to get and what form is it going to come while I have the ability to drill down with it, you know, and I think an advisor is going to try to help meet you where you are and make sure that those emotional needs are met for you.
0: Dan, another thing that you have to decide, another area where your feelings kind of factor in, do you feel better about carrying debt, a little bit of debt retirement, or do you want to be completely debt-free? And I also know there are different philosophies out there toward uh-huh. debt to begin yeah. with.
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. And I'll be honest with you, that's one that I struggle with because I have a preference. My preference is that my clients will enter into retirement with no debt. Now, that has to be tempered because for some people it just isn't feasible because of life circumstances that have been in their life. And for other people, they're comfortable carrying a little bit of debt. Now, if a person has significant wealth, you know, they have several investment accounts, they're very large, you know, however you define that, you know, a small amount, you know, maybe a home equity line in order to redo the bathrooms or something, you know, is no big problem because they can at any moment pay it off. But if you're in a retirement and your debt is really eating into the ability for you to enjoy your retirement, then I really encourage people as they're in the pre-retirement stage you know, to liquidate as much as that debt as possible. And I've never met someone who says, you know, I'm glad that I paid off the house before I retired. But I have met several people that said, you know, I think I may have retired a year or two too early because of the debt that I wasn't able to liquidate. So I would encourage people to really get serious about it. And as I said, it's my preference. I'll help people, you know, if they're going to have debt into retirement. But my preference is to really encourage them to get rid of that debt, to liquidate it so they can enter, they can begin retirement in a very powerful financial position.
0: Yes. Begin your retirement experiencing financial freedom. All right, Dan, this next one's pretty interesting to me. And we actually spent a lot of our last podcast talking a little bit about this topic. So as I dive into this think there's another podcast on this. Feel free to go back and listen to it. In the last podcast, we talked about risk tolerance and the idea of loss aversion in our mind over money segment. Dan, another thing you've got to think through, how much does that market volatility bother you in retirement? Do you feel stress when it's up and down and you're on that market roller coaster? And if you do, you need to factor in that into your planning accordingly.
1: Well, without any question. And, you know, of course, you know, one of the main I think, responsibilities of advisor for those people that are entering retirement is to help them get really clear about, say, the dangers, both financially and emotionally, of having too much risk in your portfolio. And before you, you know, retire... Before you, you know, transfer your funds into an investment portfolio that's going to be used for retirement, you need to know how much risk is in that portfolio, how turbulent it's going to be, how bumpy you know, is the roller coaster ride going to be. And for most people... You know, especially when you get into your 60s and your 70s, you know, you want to suck that risk out. You want to smooth that ride out as much as possible. You know, and that's what an advisor can help you do. They can help you get very clear about how much risk is in this portfolio, whether you can tolerate that much risk and what steps you can do to reduce the risk, to make it less turbulent. I know very few retired people that want a very turbulent or bumpy ride. It does not help with your peace of mind and sleep at night.
0: No, no, it certainly does not. You want to kind of have that smooth ride in retirement. Again, it's all about experiencing financial freedom. And part of that is freedom over worry and stress in retirement. And you can do that. You can achieve those goals with proper planning. Dan, what's it look like when somebody comes in to visit with you and get that plan in place?
1: Well, you know, the first thing we do, I have a process we go through and you know, I want people to understand philosophy of investing and make sure it's a fit for them. I'm not a fit for everybody. If you're interested in market timing and you know track record investing and stock picking, I'm not a good fit for you. So I want to get really clear that they understand. Like if you go to see a doctor, you want to know what's the doctor's philosophy and so you can feel comfortable with that. And then the second step is I really help people. I analyze their current position and let them know exactly where they are today. And then I have them teach me where they want to be. So it's a lot of education of me sharing with them my philosophy and then them teaching me where they want to be you know, in 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, and then we draft a plan together. We create a plan together to help them get there.
0: Well, if you would like to get that plan in place, all you have to do is reach out to Dan Betzel and the team at Betzel Wealth Advisors. Just call 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. They can help you put that plan in place. Or you can go online for more information and get in touch that way. BetzelWealthAdvisors.com is the website. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Dan, thanks as always for being with us on the podcast. Thanks a lot, Mark. Have a great week. We'll do it again next time on another edition of Plan with Dan. Mm -hmm. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.